Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Mm, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown. I'm back with Jugsy and Chadzi reviewing the disappointing performance against Brighton. Very much a uh, point gained looking at the results for the rest of the weekend. Chadzi, give me your give me your summary, mate. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a vintage Villa performance, was it? Let's be honest. I think probably with the ball, it's without doubt our worst performance of the season. Obviously, we've come away with a clean sheet and a point, so you can't say it's our worst performance of the season purely on the fact that Martinez played so well and, and the defence managed to hold out um, generally what, what Brighton were throwing at us. But, you know, we did look a bit uh, bereft of ideas. We looked very sloppy on the ball. We gave the ball away a lot. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Smith said we gave it away 130 times or more in the 90 minutes. Um, it wasn't a great night for the midfield at all. Jack was very quiet and, and was sort of marked out the game again. Watkins struggled to struggled to get into it. And um, it was very much a, a really good job done by by Potter, I think, on, on Smith. They'd obviously done a lot of homework and Brighton had been playing well. You know, they've been in good form. They've been picking up some good results. And even before that, when they, when they weren't getting the results, I thought they were generally playing well. So I'd say they've done a job on us to an extent, but... We've been good enough to to sort of be resilient enough to still come away with a point despite being so poor. So you know, there's plenty of um, work ons and and you know perhaps negatives that we can talk about. But it's also a massive positive that we've come away with a point. You know, it's four points in seven days from two relatively um, okay performances. So again, it's just just another testament to our development. I think that we're we're sort of clicking along in the table quite nicely and still not really. Not really foreign on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, Jugsy, um, there's not really much to talk about the game. It's a really difficult one to review because, from our perspective, from a Villa perspective, there wasn't really any action points so far from, I think, one shot on target uh, that Barkley had in the second half. It was very much a uh, one man show with Martinez, as, uh, as Chazzy has mentioned. Uh, really poor performance. I mean, we've got lots of questions around the midfield about Barkley, and we'll come on to them in a second, but. Just, I mean, from your perspective, are you concerned about the performance or do you think it's a one-off? Yeah, I would say it's a slight concern. I think um, our results have been pretty good. I mean, we've got 10 points from six games, but I think there's been a, a deterioration in our performances. And I think it's more from an attacking perspective. So we've been quite solid defensively, apart from that second half against Burnley, probably. But I think we are being found out slightly. And I wouldn't say that's a bad thing for us because we've done so well up, up until this point. But I feel teams are probably better better set up against Jack and Barkley's influence and Torore's influence probably in the last couple of games hasn't been as, as strong as, as previous uh, weeks. And I think um, in particular Barkley, I think that, that sort of position as, as a number 10, um, that's probably dying in the modern game. And I think he is having little impact on games. And I think that's an area where I'm not doubting his ability. I think he's got the talent and he's got the end product, but he just needs to be involved in games. And I think us being a bit more versatile and adapting at our playing style again uh, is needed, really, because 
I think that there's alarming signs there. I, I wouldn't sort of say that it's sort of end of the world sort of stuff, but it's it's one of those where Smith will know that we probably didn't create a decent chance in in the night in the whole ninety minutes, and that's very rare for a, a Villa side, especially um, this this season. So it's something where I want Barkley to be involved in the game more, whether he needs to drop deeper or, or pick up different positions, because I feel as a number ten. He's um, got that physical sort of strength that you'd think he'd be able to hold at the ball and be an outlet for us. But we're just trying to hit Watkins long and it's becoming a bit predictable. So I'm wondering if we can get asked more from Barkley to be that sort of hold-up player in the, in the final third or drop up, uh, drop off deep and, and pick the ball up um, so we can obviously play, play through the lines because I think we struggled really to progress our play um, on Saturday. I mean, Chad, considering our poor performances of late, um, which is quite different to what we saw at the beginning of the season and the first half of the season, we've still managed to pick up 10 points from from six games. Do you think that's that's one positive to take from all of this, the fact that we aren't playing well, but we're still picking up points? Yeah, definitely. And I don't actually think that we're, we've been that poor, if I'm honest. I think if you look generally at our results since the new year and our performances, I think we've we've played well for the majority. I know we've we've had a bit of a tough patch maybe in the last couple of weeks, but even the Burnley game, for me, we reviewed it. We spent a bit of time reviewing that. That was a bit of a freak night. That first half against Burnley, uh, I thought our performance was absolutely outstanding. We've gone to Southampton, kept a clean sheet and won 1-0, took our chance when it was on offer. West Ham, yeah, they played us off the park. Good luck to them. They're a good side. That happens That happens every week in the Premier League. Teams lose games. You, you know, Liverpool have lost three on the trot. Everton lost last night. Arsenal have gone through a sticky patch. Spurs are losing games. You know it's happening all the time. So, you, you know you can't you can't overreact or read too much into it unless it does become a bit of a pattern. And I know you lads maybe have got a slightly different take on it than me. That you you are seeing a bit of a pattern emerge. And I, I kind of do get your point that we don't want to be too too predictable. And we need to find different ways to play. But at the same time, you know we we beat Arsenal last week, and I think that was quite convincing to be honest, despite the the scoreline and. Despite being terrible last night um, or Saturday night, we've still got a point. So maybe if we lose next week and then struggle against Leeds, for me, it becomes a bit of a pattern that we need to address. But um, yeah, for me, we're, we're ticking along nicely in the league. We've still got games in hand over a couple of the teams above us. And um, we've got, still got a real good opportunity now to kick on. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think you know we've been uh, discussing this on our WhatsApp group and debating, and we've all got different opinions about it. And you know, I do think looking watching the Southampton game back, I don't think we were that bad actually. Um, you know, we weren't great, but we weren't that bad. I don't think we did a job. I think Arsenal, we had the better chances. Our performance wasn't the same. It wasn't the same type of performance that we had against them at, at the Emirates. Don't get me wrong, but it was a. It, you know, we we came, we set our stall to do a job, and we created probably the better chances overall in the whole game anyway. Uh, Arsenal were pretty toothless going forward but I, I do sense a pattern and I do think I'm a bit worried that we do need to start varying our play and thinking about freshening things up and and Juggs, if I go to the comments we've had so many comments and there's about 10 or 11 comments around Barkley especially in the midfield uh, if I read a few out I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on what you think about Barkley in the midfield uh, Thurambir Singh says is there something in Barkley's contract that says he can't be dropped as long as he's fit um We've got uh, Villa Talks Villa Together podcast. Uh, we've been to, we've been so poor in 2021. Sorry, we've been poor in 2021 so far, and appears to coincide with Barkley's return to the team. Do you think his current form and work rate is of detriment to the team and leaves us short in the middle? There's so there's so many more. Andy Keenan needs to freshen up in midfield. Sanson did more than Barkley. Looks hungry to impress. Give him a go next Sunday. Maybe Barkley needs 
taken out for a few games. Might even be good as an impact. Uh, Nick, uh, sorry, George Fowler. I'm not sure we're good enough just yet to carry a number 10 in the team. There's so many. And Nick Hilliard, Barkley's been miles off it since injury and needs to come out of uh, the team for Santa now, but he definitely has an important role to play in the squad for the future. Nobody else in our squad would have stepped up and scored the winners he has this season. And lastly, Paul Linton, harsh to scapegoat one player. So this is a diff- different take on it. Harsh to scapegoat one player with so many being out of form. Our wingers and midfielders as a whole have been well below par, far too inconsistent, but we've still been picking up points. So much more to feel positive about than being down in the dumps, however frustrating we are at times. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, we've discussed it around the midfield and Barkley. Is it a case of, you know, we need to change Barkley up or do you think there's a problem with Louise and McGinn as well? Or maybe our shape? What, what do you put it down to? Yeah, I'll say with Barkley, um, it's an odd one really because some of our best performances of the season have come with Barkley playing that number 10 role. And yeah, he hasn't had the great sort of um, performances of late and especially coming back from his injury. And I think it's the midfield as a whole. I think that's probably one area where we've probably been the most inconsistent. I think... Both Louise and McGinn have had have had poor games, and Barkley, especially in the, in the last couple, really hasn't had an impact. And it's an area where I, I don't doubt his ability. And as I said he's got sort of top te- top technique, and he's got a lot of end, end product really. But he needs to be influencing games at that level, especially if he's if, if he's playing alongside Watkins or playing such high up the pitch. It's quite a luxury position to to have somebody in, and I feel um, it's a position that you might want to think about in certain games. So if we're playing against the lesser teams, then I'll probably have Barkley in there starting. But it's also an option to have Barkley off the bench. I think coming off the bench, we don't have much quality and anybody that can change the game. I think having Barkley on the bench, maybe for a couple of games, will give us an, a plan B or, or a different option. And, and I'll see it as a positive. Um, I think he can turn it around the season. I mean, it's just a handful of bad games and everybody has a, a bad run of form. But I'll be interested if, if Smith will consider playing McGinn and Sanson as two eights in the next game with maybe Nakamba or Louise holding because I think McGinn has probably played quite a disciplined role recently and he hasn't really, again, had much impact on the team. I think it's difficult because his instincts are not def- naturally uh, defensive, really. He's that sort of box-to-box dynamic player. I think getting McGinn up the pitch will definitely help us progress the ball because he's so dynamic, he's very strong on the ball, he's an outlet for us um, and he can obviously uh, intercept possession for the opposition or, you know what I mean, get, get his body in the way and, and do turnovers and things like that. So I think he's got a, a vital role to play up the pitch as well. So it, it's been a difficult season for him because he's had to play a new role for us and it's made us more solid defensively but I think he, he he can show that he's got that attacking side to his play as well I think with Sanson he had a quite a bright performance against Brighton I thought he showed some nice touches so it'd be good to give him some minutes maybe in that sort of eight position because I think him and McGinn would complement each other quite well um, I think McGinn will probably link up well with Jack on the left. So if he plays left of the three, I think that, that would work well. It's just a different option. I think sometimes we need to think outside the box. I know this sort of double pivot in, in midfield with Louise and McGinn has worked well defensively, but do we just need to change it? Because we're struggling a bit in an attacking plan. I think teams, I think they, they're double marking Jack and that's a lot of our play really going forward. So we need to look at other areas and see how we can support the likes of Watkins and Torore because... Troy didn't have much of a kick last game and I know he's inconsistent uh, as all wingers really but 
he's he's done well in spells for us and he's got he's got the ability so maybe we need to give him a bit more support as well because at the minute we've got Barkley and Trore and Grealish staying high high up the pitch not doing much too much too much work defensively um so if they get the ball we need we need them to deliver some quality because the the, the back four and and keeper are working hard to keep us in games so i think that's going to be important Chazzy, you know we've talked a lot uh, on this pod over the season about the change of formation to the four-two-three-one and how it's been so much more effective for us and we look more solid. Do you think there's a danger that if we change it just because of a couple of games and go to two-eights that we risk ourselves becoming more exposed uh, against the likes of Leicester and Leeds? Yeah, I think so. I think pretty much every time we've played with those two-eights this season, we've been massively overrun and uh, the results haven't haven't been very positive. So I think you, you, you don't change it just because it hasn't worked in the last couple of weeks. You need to take every game on its merits and assess the, the tactical the tactical um, impact of the opposition. And obviously this weekend with Leicester, uh, we've got a bit of a blueprint for how we can get a result against them. And Barkley scored the winner against them last time. I don't think this is the time to put him out of the team. I think, you know, they're, they're pretty much going for the title, aren't they? You know, they're second in the league. They're in superb form. They've got some quality players. They battered us last, last season at Villa Park. And I think they'll be coming to Villa Park um, in a positive mindset, looking to win the game. So I do think there's going to be an opportunity for us to to play on the break. And I think there will be more space for Barkley to to, to find in, in the pockets and in behind their, their midfield. Obviously, indeed, he's a quality player and that'll be a tough tough battle. But I think this is not the week to pull him out of the team. If anything, I'd rather just see a straight swap and, and have Nakamba to give us a bit more solidity in front of the back four, either alongside McGinn or Louise and uh, give Barkley another week um, because he is quality player and um, sometimes you go through bad patches of form and taking him out of the side isn't going to help him get back into form. It might give him a kick up the arse and yes, we have signed Sanson and I know there's a bit of a clamour for, for seeing him play but um, I think, I for me, I think Barkley should get another shot this weekend against Leicester and then we reassess it the following week for Leeds which is a, obviously a completely different, completely different challenge. I mean, Le- Leicester against Liverpool weren't in the game until uh, Rodgers made a switch of formation. He changed it to a to a four four two diamond with Harvey Barnes and Vardy playing two up top. Something we haven't really seen Villa do or Dean Smith do is is very formational, make a sort of a significant change like that in a game and impact a game like that. Do you think going against Leicester, they're going to be a much more forbid- formidable team than the one we faced last time out. Obviously, indeed, he's back with such a massive player for him. Do you think Chad's is right, Jugsy, about uh, about Barkley keeping it the same? Or do, do, would you would you look to maybe change formation? You talked about two eights. What, what other changes would you look to make? Yeah, I think for Leicester, it's, it's going to be a tough ask, really. And I think what is key for me is, is Cash uh, Cash's fitness. I think he's going to be vital if he's fit to play, but if not, then Alma will have to deputise. And I thought Alma looked quite rusty, and I think a lot of our non-starters um, in, in the squad are quite rusty because they've not really had many, much minutes, really. So that's going to be understandable. But yeah, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think we just need to freshen up our approach and... Um, Give give um, Leicester the the credit they deserve. I mean, they're they're a top side. They're second in the league, uh, pushing for the title. So I think maybe Sanson and McGinn as two eights. I think that would be something that I would go for. And um, I want to see us sort of be well, have them as box to box players. So providing something 
in support of the attack and, and looking to get back in once Leicester have possession. Um, I think that would work well. Uh, I don't think Levers too open defensively. I still think one of them will have to cover when the other one pushes up the pitch, but I think they're both capable going forward. So I think that's that's a quite a positive impact and I think will help in terms of um, our intensity as well, because I think them two will press better in midfield. And um, in terms of getting the ball out to Jack, I think that will give us another sort of passing passing lines with, I think, Sanson dropping in and McGinn dropping in to looking to pick up the ball and getting the ball up the pitch. So I think that's that's a, a move I'll make. Um, again, I'm not sure about Nakambo Louise. I think both could e- easily play, but maybe I'd go with Nakamba. I think there's defensive instincts. I think it'd be a good move against, against a, 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 a good attacking side. Um, and the question mark on the right hand side I've got is is, is Torora really. I think um, he's not really had a great game against Brighton, but he's been good in, in in previous games against Arsenal. He was good, so I think he probably deserves to start. And I think Torora gives us a bit more of an attacking uh, dimension. It's a, it's a difficult one. Elmer going to be coming in. Cash has been so massive for us, Chazzy, this season. Um, his energy and work rate and defensive ability has been fantastic and really helped shore up the defence this season. Almost coming in, a very steady player, you know, hardly ever lets us down. But uh, one thing that Cash has struggled with is cover from from Traore and he's had to, you know, he's had to play as two players almost sometimes. Do you think that's a concern for you? And Maybe would you look to bring Trezeguet in for the, for this game? I know Jugsy said maybe keep with Traore. Uh, and I do think Traore helps us with our attacking play definitely uh, but but Trez obviously his work rate is so important to our team as well yeah you can't play um, Elmo and Traore together against Leicester that's just a recipe for disaster Cash's energy pace dynamism is is what's allowed him to get back in make those recovery runs make those recovery tackles and blocks Elmo's good solid dependable player but you can't expect him to do the job of two players on that right hand side especially when he's been out of the team for so long so I think if Almo does come back into the team, I think you have to shore it up in front of him with Trezeguet, without doubt. So for me, I think Trezeguet has to play in front of Almo, to be honest. Let's look at some of the other questions, Jugsy. Uh, be interested to hear your thoughts on this. And, and I mean, a lot of it's something we've, a lot of it's what we've discussed already. Um, Boise is asking for changes, surely changes for the next two games. A lot of people are saying the same. Jonathan Ridgeway is asking about midfield for Leicester. Even if we touched upon that already. Uh, we've talked about. He said, "How does how do you see Egyptians Nestor's chances against an informed Harvey Barnes?" Uh, well, we've talked about that already. It's going to be a tough one. Harvey Barnes, one of the informed players in the league at the moment. Uh, but hence why I think Trez should should maybe be an option. Is Martinez the best goalkeeper in the world right now? Uh, asks Jonathan Ridgeway, and then Villa Together podcast also asked a similar question. He says he's now kept 12 clean sheets this season. The record for us in the PL era was 15 and 0910 set by Friedel. So to all of you, Friedel or Martinez, will Martinez break the record? Also, how many clean sheets will he finish on? Yeah, Martinez, I mean, he's been an outstanding signing this season. Keeping 12 clean sheets is a phenomenal achievement this this point of the season. And I think what pleases me most about him is his all-round game. So not is he a great shot stopper and a great goalkeeper in terms of his handling, but his communication with defenders seems excellent. And when he gets the ball, he's always looking to make something positive happen. So he's always looking to start an attack, whether that be um, throwing the ball out quickly or finding a long-range pass. I think it's very rare that you've got a, a keeper that can do it all. I mean, he's quite commanding in the box with his height as well. So he's just been outstanding for us. And, uh, and I know he had a bad game against Burnley and West Ham. And yeah, it happens with keepers, so really backing him, and it's been a pleasant surprise, I'd say. I think he's he's 
um, gone above expectations for sure and he's been worth every single penny that we spent on him so really pleased with him. I think the the best sort of asset that he's brought to the team, well not the best because obviously his shot stopping and his ability is incredible but the most noticeable thing for me is his professionalism and the, the standards that he drives amongst the back four and the rest of the team. You know after that game on Saturday he's he's put in a man of the match performance but he's not really afraid to throw his teammates under the bus and say that it was a Terrible team performance. What everything else in front of him should have been better. He was shaking his head at full time. He, he's vocal. He's constantly, constantly demanding more and more passing options from his back four when he's got the ball at his feet. And for somebody that hasn't played a huge amount of first team football, um, he's come into the side like a World Cup winner. You know, he's he's come in and really sort of laid down his his position as a senior player in this team. And I can imagine that in and around the Body Moore in the dressing room. He's he's a pretty senior pro in that team now, and for people to rely on their goalkeeper and trust their goalkeeper, which for me is the most important position in any team, to have such a senior professional driving standards back there is um, has been a huge influence on our on our rise up the table. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I think so. And uh, we saw his interview, like you said, at the end, at the end of the game. Um, and he's so assured, and Tyron Minks as well in his post-match interview as well, so assured. We seem to have a lot of leaders in the team, a lot of people who know how to speak well uh, and know how to influence the team as well and set a good example, and I think that's important for us going forward and probably a big part of why we're doing so well. Um, let's look at, um, so some of the questions are centred around our midfield, uh, but also how we adapt to teams pressing against us. So we've come against Brighton, West Ham, Southampton, recent times, who've pressed well against us and we found it difficult to play against them. Um, you know, we do, we talked about it on the last pod uh, with, with Josh Norris around how we try and circumnavigate the press by, by getting, going long out wide to the left quickly and then trying to build from the left and trying to build quickly uh, higher up the pitch rather than worrying about being pressed and trying to, you know, dictate the middle, if, if you like. Um, but we didn't manage to do that against Bryson, you know, the Basumo. Did really well. Veltman did really well in double teaming Jack and, and blocking off those passing lanes. Um, a few questions that we've had. So Dave Price uh, was talking more about our intensity, actually. Maybe the COVID-19 outbreak has had an effect on our performances. Definitely seems to be dropping the intensity. We don't look as fit in recent games uh, against West Ham, Southern Bryson. We were second to nearly every second ball. Nick Middleton, uh, do you think recent performance has been down to teams working us out or certain players being in a poor run of form? Teams seem to be having a lot of joy pressing us high recently and stopping us progressing the ball effectively. Um, and then Elliot Holmes, we're clearly lacking when against high-pressing teams. Problem persists as Barkley plays as a 10 and no appetite for pressing the opposition. Watkins presses hard, but then gap is too big. There's no real pressing until uh, McGinn and Douglas Luiz allows opposition to dictate. Santon in as genuine eight. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen... I've seen it a few times actually. I think we saw that against uh, we saw that against Brighton, where there was massive gaps. Once the Brighton beat our press, uh, they were they were just running. There was, seemed to be a massive gap between Watkins, Jack, Troy, and Grealish, and then the the, the two midfielders. Um, so they were able to dictate that middle. But I think I, I think that's by design, though. To be honest, we've we've been quite happy to let teams have the ball and sit very deep, um, and we've kept a lot of clean sheets because of it. So, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a flaw. I think we're going to try and nick it nick it early at the top of the pitch with Bar- Barkley or Watkins. But if you if you beat that initial first press, then fine, you can stroll 20 yards forward. But then you've got a solid bank of four, McGinn and Louise in front. And we've kept 12 clean sheets. And Brighton didn't score. I know Martinez dug us out the hole. Southampton didn't score. And 
I, I don't think that's necessarily a flaw. I think that's that's the plan. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, definitely much more solid defensively. I think that's the positive we can take from all of this. Um, and, you know, because we have that solidity there, like you said, with the back four and the fullbacks not getting forward as much as they were last season, um, it enables the, the forward players to get back and help defend as well. Uh, you know, gives them a bit of time to get back. Michael Foreman says, you know, I think our midfield, our midfield needs more energy. Play Sanson Louise role. He's played that position before. Keep McGinn as he is everywhere. Just find needs to find his passing game. Move Algarzi in the middle. Uh, sorry, move Grealish in the middle and play Algarzi and Trezeguet. Trez looks hungry and, and will track back. Um, yeah, I mean, again, midfield changes. Jugsy, not far off what you said, but maybe with maybe with a with slightly different personnel in there. I mean, looking forward now. Um, at the, at the next couple of games, we've got we've you know we've got difficult games. Every game in the Premier League is difficult, Jugsy. Uh, but you know, there's definitely games there are winnable. We, and then before we go on a really hard run towards the end of the season, we've got some winnable games here and a good chance to continue and stay within reach of the top six. Um, I, I mean, going forward now, obviously Dean Smith won't be happy with our performances and we want to change. How do you think? How do you think he adapts, and and do you think this team continues to perform well and continues to to stay high up the league, or are you concerned that we may start drifting and and maybe fall lower down the table? Yeah, these next three games I think are going to be really important to define our season, and I'm not saying that sort of lightly. I think it's going to have an impact in how we finish off for the rest of the season because we don't want really these next three games. Um, not not to get, pick up any points and then all of a sudden we're just petering away our season mid-table. But it's something that I think Smith will reassess and know that we've got to have a different, unique plan for each game and give the opponents the respect they deserve, really. And I think um, as a team, we're probably not going into these three games in the best of forms like we have been in previous big games over the previous months. But I feel um, th- th- these games really could show what what we're made of in terms of our character um just to show that we can be consistent as as a team make sure we can challenge for europe um i think we've had a great start to the season and we want don't want that hard work to go to waste really so i think these next three games are really important for the players but also for dean smith as well because he's come on leaps and bounds and we've not really mentioned him too much in the pod in the last few weeks um i think a couple of question marks about his game management but still he's he's again um, beyond our expectations, performing great with his team, and I feel like he's developing more and more as he's getting the Premier League experience. So it'll be a really test of Smith's management as well. What can he get out of this group of players? What can he change in terms of how we set up? What in-game tactics can he make? Really, I think that's going to be telling in the next few weeks because he's up against some good coaches with the likes of Rodgers and Bielsa, who have uh, performed well against us uh, in the past. So yeah, it's going to be really important. Chad, you're looking forward then to the to the Leicester game. We've talked about it already and how we might need to change it up. Um, you know, we've mentioned already. You know, we we've had some negative performances, not been at our best, but we've still picked up some valuable points. How do you think Dino will set up, and how do you see the game going? Um, yeah, I think Leicester, like I said, uh, absolutely quality side with some really good footballers, and uh, it's going to be a massive, massive test for us. You know, one of probably the hardest games we'll have all season, to be honest. So. Um, I'll probably take a point right now. I think a point would be an excellent result. If Cash can't play, then Almo has to play, obviously. And like I said, Trezeguet, for me, has to play in front of him. I think it's too risky to play um, Almo and Traore together. I'd like to see Nakamba come in just to give us a bit more solidity. And, and to be honest, I think he's been 
equally as good on the ball as well. I think people just think he just breaks up play and is is not great on the ball. But from what I've seen this season, he's, he's improved his distribution, his pass completion has been good. And I, I'd like to see him come in and freshen up the midfield, whether that's for McGinn or Louise. I think it's a decision for the coaching staff to see how they're shaping up. Um, and and I'd, I'd stick with Barkley. And I think it's going to be, we're not going to see a huge amount on the ball. And we're going to have to have to play on the break like like we've been so so successful at at times this season against the bigger sides. Um, and I'm hoping the game takes a takes a similar sort of story to when we've played the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, and even Leicester away, where I don't think we're going to be all over them. But when we do get our opportunities, we're going to, have to be a bit more clinical, a bit bit fresher than we've been in the last few weeks, and um, bounce back. So I'm feeling quite confident, mate. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, it's the highlight of our week, and um, I'm backing backing the lads to to continue the unbeaten run. Good stuff, good stuff, and uh, another obviously another week's break. We're not having lots of games like we did have uh, early on this, this year. Um, hopefully that, that puts us in good stead and we're able to recover well and, and work on our formation and work on our shape, etc., and, and, and be much better against Leicester. Jugsy, your thoughts on the game? And, and also one thing actually we haven't touched on is, is would you ever consider moving Jack back to the central position? Yeah, Leicester are a side in top form. They've got a lot of goal threat all, all around the pitch really. And I think their sort of front three or four um, are exceptional and, yeah, they've probably got the best centre midfield pairing in the league for me with an NDD and Tellyman. So I feel they're going to be a tough, a tough opposition, and we're going to be ha- we're going to have to be in top form really to compete against them. And yeah, I'll I'll take a point now if you offered it to me. But I think it's it's a game where we're probably going to not see as much of the ball as as we have done um, in in some games. And I think when we do get an opportunity, we need to take it really. And I think. Watkins has got enough about him to, to, to trouble the, the Leicester back line. And it's important about how Jack can influence the game. I think he's better off on the left. I, I would keep him on the left, I think. I think against the bigger teams, um, you want him in the final third because he's got the quality to, to make something happen. And I feel like central, um, he sometimes is difficult, more difficult to get the ball to him, I'd say. So I, I'd keep him on the left for this type of game. And I maybe look to change that in the other games for sure. So, yeah, I think that, that I'll keep Jack on the left. And I think... It's going to be a massive game for us, and it will show us where we are, where we're at as a team. Yeah, so we'll be back um, next week after the Leicester game with a with a post match review, as always. Jugsy uh, and Chad, you should be back with me again. Um, in terms of late night ramble, we're going to change things up slightly going forward, um, just to freshen things up. We're going to try and do late night ramble maybe once a month or once every two weeks, with the odd special here and there, uh, and just just to make it a bit more. A bit more fresher, really, and not have to have the same conversations all the time. Um, but uh, thank you for listening again. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks to the guys for their excellent punditry, as always, and, and, and insight. But uh, usual spiel, you know, please do follow and subscribe if this is the first time you're listening. We're on all the major podcast platforms. Um, if you're on Apple, leave a review and rating. If you're on Twitter, we're at Villa Podcast or one word. Please do follow us. And uh, apart from that, up the villa. I love it. Mm-hmm. I know it's very good.